0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Underhood Show presented by Melhom Ford. My name is Phil Nightingale. I'm the general manager here at Melhom Ford and Josh Profit, our service director. Good Morning, Josh. Good morning. Beautiful Saturday morning out there. isn't Yes it, it? is October. Yes, Love it. it. Yes, it is. So hey, hey, anyway, this is a call-in show. Only show in you no, know you get paid to call in on. 316-462-3673. And uh, that's the number to call in. It comes right to our front desk here at the dealership. Tell them you want to get past into the podcast, and it's anything ailing your car—tires, brakes, batteries. You want to talk about anything in the racing world? You want to talk about anything in the uh, new products, whatever it might be? We're here to answer your questions and uh, whatever. Maybe we have some trivia today, Josh. Have any trivia? In a while. Yeah, we could do that and uh, help you with that stuff. So, whatever you got, when it always comes with a great price package, about over one hundred thirty bucks. And Delbert Alt's already on there this morning, morning, Delbert. And uh, as always, Josh, what's in that package valued over hundred and thirty bucks?
1: So we're gonna mail it out to you, but it's gonna consist of the works, which is an oil change and tire rotation. Uh, we use Motorcraft oil and filter products here at Mel Hamilton Ford. Uh, while we're doing that, we're also gonna complete the. Uh, multi-point inspection on the vehicle checking over the brakes tires steering suspension all the safety related components of the vehicle uh, just making sure that it's uh, ready to go for that next five thousand miles of driving you'll also receive yourself ten dollars to mel's diner so you can get yourself something to eat and drink while you're here with us at the big corner complete nitrogen for your tires so you get all the great benefits that uh, nitrogen has to offer and then uh, bg products package which is going to consist of a can of moa or motor oil additive and then uh, 44k for your fuel system again just getting that uh, vehicle geared up and ready to go for that next five thousand miles of
0: driving all right 316-462-3673 and uh josh delbert says welcome back to the show your fans missed you (laughs) (laughs) there you go well thank you yeah so anyway uh anyway josh uh, had a big phone call thursday with ford going over the 23 super duty and the order bank and stuff and it's going to open up next week are doing a little differently and i kind of get what's going on because of what's happened normally they go out and they build the high end with all the options all the trucks this time they're turning around they're going to start off with the xls xlts and lariats and i they didn't say it but i know what it is it's because it takes less of the chips the less yeah. of the parts and all the stuff they can do all the trucks with what they all the new tech and everything else like that's going to come in what they call job two, which they really haven't announced when job two is. I'm guessing somewhere around, you know, they're going to build the 22s all the way into the end of December. And yeah, we've got some customers that had orders in there that aren't going to get 22. So we we'll have to figure out how we're going to get uh, uh, that taken care of. But then the, uh, uh, Order bank will open up here next week on the 23 and then it'll start building 23s in January so I'm guessing job 2 march or april time frame is what I'm guessing from that part you no know, and I'm
1: I'm sure uh, there there's a lot of fleet customers out there, retail customers that are way behind us you know, mm-hmm. and they're running, there's running these vehicles longer, uh, just out of necessity, uh, from that side. And so I'm sure there's a huge demand for that kind of base model truck out there from the fleet side of things, I would guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, it's, it is a huge demand on everything else, what's happening there from that part, but uh, exciting to see that truck in person. And when we saw it there in Vegas, the new car show, it's a, a lot of new stuff, a lot of new things there from that truck. So, uh, Anyway, Delbert also get an oil change down in Oklahoma. Josh and I forgot we needed to call him after last week's show to schedule an appointment for him to get in here. He's got an issue with his fusion of uh, hesitating once he accelerates and stuff. So I don't know what we might have there. So we've got to get an appointment set up for Delbert and get him in here and get him down here from Oklahoma and see what's going on with that fusion. When it's, he says it's just like it hesitates and he's got to kind of even when he passes a car or does something like that, it it does that. So we got to get him a shout tomorrow or after the show and get him a appointment. It's my fault. Okay. I, remembering that. And he kind of reminded me yesterday of it. And of course, too many hours in the fire yesterday too. So you don't say uh. <laughs> anyway, James Furman, one James. <clears throat> so anyway, um, uh, so it's good exciting to see that truck and, and see what's going on there when that 23 arrives and probably start seeing them in late February is what I would guess. Uh, the 23 truck so if you haven't seen the truck whatever jump out there on ford.com they've got a bunch of stuff on there about the new super duty and things too so I've got a lot of new stuff coming yeah the mustang is the other one yeah i wish we could have some times they say summertime times when that 24 mustang is going to be here it's going to be the 23 mustang Everybody was thinking it wasn't going to be a 23 mustang well there is yeah it's uh, going to be a very 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 short run of a 23 mustang uh no gt500 for 23 and i don't think there's going to be a gt500 for 24 either uh, uh, in that part but they're going to have this dark horse version that's supposed to be a pretty badass little deal
1: yeah so, and i don't i mean it's not really that uncommon for a manufacturer to go half mid-year into something and then just label it like a heritage edition if it's an older yeah. version versus a newer one and stuff like that so uh don't really fall much into the calendar deal but i don't know i was uh thinking back to uh, the uh when they went real public. It was the F 150 Then when they switched from the, uh, to the all aluminum, uh, body and they, you know, bragged about kind of flipping that plan around and what was it? 48 hours or, you know, I don't remember exactly what the timeline was, but just all the work that they had to do to flip that plan around in that short amount of time. I mean, it was very impressive. And I remember seeing all the videos of them taking that stuff out of there and, and, uh, you know, getting the new tooling and equipment in there. Um, and i just can't imagine the the logistics every time you change a body or change a design or you know of of what that
0: takes yeah i do remember that when they had that plant and they kind of did that speed up deal. Uh, fast forward video of it or you yeah know. tore it down and put her back together main mean it was emptied it emptied that thing
1: so you know i don't know uh have you ever toured an assembly plant
0: yes i have yeah. i've been through quite a few to be honest with you i've went through uh it was kind of neat back in the early 90s when I was on a board with Pontiac uh-huh. and they were making the Bonneville in uh, up there by St. Louis. It was a little, little town out of St. Louis. Can't remember the name of it or whatever. Uh, but we actually got to go in uh, as they were making prototypes of the, of the Bonneville. It was a 92 Bonneville. Anyway, they had us go in there and then we went in these special rooms where they just pulled cars into this room and they just started tearing them apart, doing different things and analyzing stuff. And they actually took us in there and asked us our opinion of things. Really? On the car. Yeah. And so we gave them our opinion and stuff like that. But What was really cool is when those cars finally hit the showroom, the things we had talked about changing in the car, they were changed. They, it was they cool. I mean, some, it was, it was really done, cool. I wish they they'd do that today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from that part to yeah. do that.
1: To, uh, you know, I think everybody would have a, a newfound respect. I've never been able to tour a, a manufacturing plant or an assembly plant from that side of things, but just all the moving parts, you know, and all the autom- uh, the computerization uh, of the assembly and, and everything like that, I'm sure is uh, very, very
0: impressive uh, to be able to see it all kind of come together, so to speak. Yeah. And then I went through the, uh, this is way back to probably nine or 10, I went through the uh, focus plant. And, uh, what was neat about that plant is where they took us on this one. It actually had rolls of steel being shipped in on trucks and you'd watch them go through the plant. We walked that whole thing through to where that, that basically they rolled that out that steel that we started stamping hoods was the first thing they started stamping Yeah, and watch those stamps go through. It's pretty, it's incredible to watch those things, pound those things out and how they can get the quality and keep them the same and all that kind of stuff too, uh, but uh so I've been through that one. I'm trying to think of one other one I went through too, and I can't remember what it was. So have you been through a plant? I've
1: never been through an assembly plant. So yeah, it's yeah, it's it's we, pretty wild. We were going to uh this has been many, many years ago, but we were in Bowling Green and we were gonna tour the the Corvette plant over there, which I, I'm not sure if that would be, you know, uh, as similar as like an F one fifty plant, because just thinking of the sure volume difference uh between those two. Uh but yeah, I've I've heard that it's that it's just really any assembly yeah. plant like Anything that is, cool. is, is going to be extremely impressive. Well, it's kind of like we went through the so, Hoosier
0: tire plant. I remember yeah, a tire, yeah, uh, and watch a tire get built. I didn't well, have no I, idea there was that much into a tire.
1: You know, and I, I before previous to going into that plant, I really just envisioned maybe a couple of put a couple of molds i poured hot rubber into yeah. it, <laughs> it, it up, and bam you had a tire you had a tire right you Yeah. know uh but uh, then I... uh, to, to walk through that thing and just see the manpower and what they put into making sure that you know what hits the ground is a quality product is is absolutely crazy uh you know for sure so you know now i can tell why we now have load force balancers oh so, yeah <laughs> yeah well i would agree with that you know so. because every one of them is going to be different and you know we have Uh, sitting there seeing well it's just like you're saying seeing that uh, massive blob of rubber rubber come in and then you know they're they're treating it with different chemicals and testing it as it's going through these gigantic rollers uh, oh yeah just to make sure that it's exactly (laughs) what they want uh, as far as the compound goes before they ever even get started uh, on that but you know to to take a, a raw material like that and then see it Come out and be the, yeah to be something to make something is is definitely pretty impressive
0: okay so who's been in a through a semi-plant call us up three one six four six two three six seven three don't care what it is yeah kind of any kind any of a semi-plant of you've been through yeah give us a call let us know what kind of a plant you went through what was kind of blew you away was amazing about that plant and stuff like that too three one six four six two three six seven three who's been through in a semi-plant and seen something built from basically nothing all the way through or whatever from that part, any kind of assembly would be cool here. But that is, I used to like, uh, uh, different things you'd watch on TV. I can't oh yeah. What, uh, yeah. How, how, it was, it's how it's made house uh, made or yeah, something like how that. it's made. Yep. Watch that. Uh, you know, still
1: quite often <laughs> as a matter of fact, from that side. So in the, uh, through the vehicle assembly plant, did you like, as far as the, the painting stage,
0: how did that work? Well, that was, uh, the one I remember well is the focus plant. Uh-huh. And it's just a uh, big old room full of lines. And then you got these big old huge vats of colors. But what I still can't figure out is how they change colors. Yeah, Because those cars are coming down the line. They need just a whole bunch of white ones and a whole bunch of silver ones and a whole bunch of the, It's not. They're all mixed in together, yeah. all different colors and stuff. And how that thing works. Do a to, black one, do a blue one. Do shut a, yeah. those lines off and refeed another gun or what they do. They didn't get us all into that deep into that because you probably can't because you know the chemicals and everything else else too but but it's a big room full of vats and all these lines are just running you can see the colors Mm -hmm. in the vats and everything and and the lines coming through there then going to the guns and stuff but in the focus plane it was robots painting well,
1: and you, they, they have that down to such a science as far as just putting the, the least amount of paint on the vehicle as possible to do the job, you
0: know, oh, yeah. uh, oh, from, yeah. from
1: that side, I'm sure for, for a dollar and cents standpoint, you know, you figure if you overspray too much one car or, you know, every car by a, just a couple of inches by the time, by the end of the day, you could have painted a whole car for that. Well, you know?
0: yeah. And I, I still remember another time I went through a plant, um, That build transmissions too, Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know how to explain this to everybody in the show so you'll understand it. But you have a clutch pack. It's about say seven inches in diameter and it's about four inches tall, give or take somewhere in there. And you would take a ring of a of a steel ring and then a fiber ring and a steel ring and just build that clutch pack up, probably six or seven of them deep or whatever. But then the metal part had these notches that went into grooves that held into the outside of that drum so it would hold it and some guy engineered figured out that he could take two of those notches off and not have the notches all the way around and taking those two notches i wish i could remember the numbers or whatever it was millions of dollars that it saved but it it was still enough it was it was still strong enough to hold the, the torque and everything that it needed but removing those two little pieces of metal not having to have that on there, it saved millions of dollars over the years of building those transmissions. Yeah. Uh, so it's things like that. I mean, I think they are in there trying to figure out ways to cut as minimum cost as they can. Well, you know, even talking about uh, that from that
1: side of it, you know, we see a lot of vehicles now brand new off the assembly plant that don't have a spare tire with them. Yeah. You know, uh, but then also you think back,
0: okay, when was the last time I needed a spare? Uh, and you know, and everybody, I, I'm with you too, Josh. Uh, of course, today I'm driving down, I guess, just getting off 235 on the Kellogg, and there's a trailer sitting there with a trailer tire blow yeah. out. Well, okay, that's, yeah. that. we know what happened there. He was low on t- air, air pressure, whatever. But how often do you see anybody along the side of the road with a, with a tire at bad? You yeah. don't, you know, yeah. like you used to. I mean, I was back in the days, They cars had two spares. Yeah. <laughs> to get where or, they were going. Or,
1: or you carried in around an extra one or a floor jack or you know, just uh just in case.
0: Well, uh, my dad had a toolbox in the yeah. back and then he had a little box that had a set of jumper cables in it and a blanket and a quart of oil and some antifreeze and that he carried with him in the back of his car. That's yep. what you had to do.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: You know? There was nothing to see somebody along the side of the road somebody working on a car or doing something like
1: that. Well, sure. on the other side though too, your dad would I, I just know, would be one of those people that if somebody else was on the side of the road he'd stop. Them. Oh. You know try and help them on yeah. that side of it for sure yeah no doubt and so it might not have been as much for him as it was for everybody else <laughs> on the side of the road uh for sure so but you know you think about it from a manufacturer standpoint i mean think of the savings by the time you did the tire and the wheel and then i mean the other side of it is weight uh you know not carrying around the extra weight for for fuel economy uh for sure so uh it's just a Definitely, you know, I'm sure they're looking at every little thing, trying to see what they can save uh, here and there, but still make it do its job and function uh, for sure when it comes to the manufacturing side of things. Yeah,
0: exactly. Anyway, James Firm says he went through a Crayola crayon plant. I bet that would be pretty cool to watch that too. Be a lot of wax so he said yeah all the wax. but the other thing is freaking seeing the machines that would put those labels around that crayon oh yeah wrap them around there i guess you know, different things like that to set up that automation well great. just to see how fast it could do it oh you know yeah <laughs> exactly hey 316-462-3673 who's been through an assembly plant would be cool if it was an automobile plant but whatever it's 316-462 at the
1: Crayola crown plant it was all automated and it was flying and everything was working great and then I touched something and ta-da rainbow (laughs) 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 but yeah just to just just to see how fast that they're able to produce something like that uh, blows me away you know
0: yeah i get it anyway uh as we're waiting for the callers to come in again anything ailing your car tires brakes batteries whatever it might be love to hear from you and uh, josh you know is as, as uh you get a lot of windshield time with racing stuff i thought about that too talking about the, thinking about the radio show this morning we don't give enough love to to our sponsors yeah. on the show we always do it at the last minute or whatever so let's kind of we you know bg products i mean it's a great partnership we have those guys and uh, we can talk about the mustang here in a minute we were just over there a couple weeks ago with our mustang on the dyno Yeah, uh, all the things they have over there, and. Uh, I still think it was 86, 87 when I was cleaning injectors on these old port fuel-injected cars and stuff and and uh, stinking up other guys' stalls and stuff and everything else with that, too. So, uh, But then anyway, anything to help help your car live longer, go longer, everything else like that. And that R&D plant they've got over there is just phenomenal for what they do. And there's got those guys in there. That's all they constantly do. They're, they're constantly getting cars from us. And, uh, I'll see the guys here all the time, getting the cars to check their products and stuff. And it was kind of funny that when we were over there with that, uh, with our Mustang and we put it over on the lift to get that to just those springs on the turbo. And we were talking to what they were doing and they were actually testing other people's products too.
1: Yeah. To make
0: sure they they stand on the cutting edge of all that stuff. So if you need anything that, if you want to make your car live longer. You got to be putting some BG products, in it. all if we got something for everyone to extend the life of the oils or anything else. From
1: well, and here's my thing, you know, especially in today's vehicles, everybody's powertrain is Damn pretty durable. Yeah. you know, you don't have motors that break, you don't have transmissions that break, the rear differentials, or you know any any of the drivetrain components. They don't break if they're maintained properly, and that's the key.
0: There's there's, there's know, a key right that, there. That,
1: that's the key, and these these things will go as many miles as you want really want to put on them uh from that side of things but you know it's the it's the electrical components it's the sensors and switches and and stuff like that that we see just you know deteriorate after time that, that all the electronics uh, becomes a becomes an issue but as far as a powertrain it really doesn't matter what manufacturer it is i mean there's some out there that probably have a a little more um uh, bad reputation than others or or a little bit of black eyes as far as maybe one specific model or motor size or or motor size in their lineup but for the most part everybody's got a pretty durable
0: powertrain you know it goes back to two it's you know way back in my days they had the pontiac ferial in the 85s and i thought that was a cool car uh they came out with a little four-cylinder back you know back of the car Mm -hmm. and stuff then they had the v6 and uh then i saw some after the car got kind of killed it stopped building it the future plans they had for that car was amazing what they had coming down the road and everything else too. But what really happened to that car is people didn't maintain the car and it developed a few oil leaks. And with that engine being behind it, you didn't yeah. get no air, air back there to move. So if something started leaking, it just caught fire. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't really the car's fault. It's just that we didn't maintain that car. Did you have a fear? okay i drove a lot of them though. yeah I mean, I, of I'm, that. I'm sure so anyway the recall that come out on those was basically dropping the motors out of those and completely resealing them up and everything else too and uh let me tell you how many of those things i did yeah i mean i got i had that thing down to a science man how i could yank that thing out of they there.
1: Drive, I, you know i don't think i've ever even driven a fiero we
0: haven't they uh-uh. drove pretty the, cool
1: with the engine in the rear and stuff as far as weight distribution so
0: basically they just took you know instead of a front wheel drive they just moved yeah, it to the back flip it around yeah, but uh, then they came up with the V6 uh, uh, GT. I think they called it a GT, and that thing was funny. It was yeah. fast uh, from that part. But, again, I guess that those are the kind of things that happen. We have to maintain our cars, and we get so lackadaisical, in my opinion. I do, I'm the same way. of not maintaining it the way we need to or whatever. And- well, it's just – and I don't think
1: really anybody has misintent. It's just a matter of being busy and, you know – you think back of when something happens and you're like, Oh, that was just, uh, you know, six months ago or a oh, year well, ago. And then it's, it turns out it's four or five years ago. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, I just, it's, you know, I don't,
1: like I said, I don't think it's just missing 10. It's just not, uh, not really taking the. We'll time. get it later. We'll get it yeah. later. We'll get it yeah. later.
0: We'll get it later. And then we forget about what it is and how long it's been and all that kind of just, stuff too. Just, so
1: just being busy from that side of things. So, yeah. you know, we talked about, uh, just kind of unique designs. The other one was, uh, that always impressed me, uh, was the quadrasteer vehicles with
0: quadrasteer so
1: chevrolet i
0: I don't think i've ever drove one of those you
1: you didn't drive one of the chevy pickups or the gmcs with the i don't think i ever did so they they had that and then they had the uh uh dodge had that stealth the car that had quadrasteer on it for a little while i mean that was way before uh, gm had come out with theirs but yeah i had drove I think one or two of those trucks we had. There was one that uh, the guy brought into the dealership over at uh, Hutch um, that we worked on or whatever a time or two. Yeah, I remember that coming and, in here, but I don't remember. So, I, don't, I
0: don't think I drove that car, uh, that truck. Pretty
1: sure I drove it, but I always thought that a person pulling a trailer or backing a trailer having that would be uh, cool. Just yeah uh, unique or different uh for sure and i don't i remember i think the option was like 4500 bucks or something like that uh to, to be able to yeah, it have was, it on it which in 2003 2004 that was, big that was a pretty good chunk of change
0: so it just never really caught on you know uh from that side so yeah it didn't it didn't for sure but uh hey 316-462-3673 love to hear from you anything ailing your car tires brakes batteries anything in the racing world anything in new products Anything in the automobile world, love to hear from you. Any question you might have, or comment, or whatever, then we can uh, give you this great price package about over hundred and thirty bucks. So,
1: on the MH Ford Racing side of things, we're definitely uh, starting to starting to wind down there for sure. But out of a, a couple of different uh, events uh, this weekend, so
0: yeah, we are all over this mm-hmm. weekend. We are uh, of course up at Salina uh, last uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, for their clash that they have each year, which has been postponed. Uh, due to rain here, the first part of the month, and they rescheduled it up. So it's going on uh, yeah, tonight, and then uh, Enid was last night, and uh, at uh, Enid, and then uh, Nick and Matt are in. uh God, they're in Nebraska. At the I-80, I eighty, yep. I think, mm-hmm. at the World of Outlaws shows up there. So they they got a three day run through Nebraska, and can't remember where all they're going, but they end up in Kansas City, I think, don't they?
1: Yeah, that is at the uh, Lakeside. I can't remember where all they're going. So. Yep.
0: Got a lot of things happening there too. Going to make a run up to Salina here later with some extra parts to take care of the few racers in Salina. I didn't really hear what happened at Enid, how everything's going there and stuff too, but I know things were good, uh, up at I 80 with Nick and the, and the world outlaw guys. And, uh, if I wasn't racing. I'd love to go watch those guys run. Those guys are yeah pretty impressive what they can put out and what they do, uh, from that part. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of winding down. I think we, uh, of course, you know, we say winding down. We wind down with the dirt track, but then uh, in November, we kick off all the go-karts and all that kind of stuff. We're going to be running around doing that kind of thing, too, to take care of the go-karts. And through Oklahoma and uh, part of Kansas and stuff, too, I don't know if we get up in Nebraska on the go-karts or not, too. I haven't, I've heard the schedule, but I haven't really studied that schedule a little bit on the go-karts and stuff, too. And and uh, from that part, get the Hoosier tires and everything else, keep those old get those kids young in the sport and get them moving up and, you know, the big cars and stuff like that too. So
1: won't be long. It'll be chili bowl season.
0: It's has got, I got tickets. Oh, did you? I got the tickets. You? Baby. I got the tickets. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sorry, you us. might stay tuned for that. We might have a few giveaway tickets on the old chili bowl again. Very good. Like yeah. we kind of do each and every year. Of course, we'll do the radio show live down there again. I've already been talking to Mr. Holbert about it. Hopefully uh, he can get on the show with us again this year, but I don't know. It depends on timing and all that kind of stuff too. But uh, Sue, maybe we can get on the show down there at the Chili Bowl with it. We got to get a uh, a good spot down there and everything else. Yeah. that part too. We kind of go right there in that entryway, and it's kind of hard to get the internet to work and that kind of stuff too. But uh, so yeah, all kinds of exciting stuff coming. Like you said, it was winding down. We ain't nothing well, nothing. <laughs> <when> <laughs> on the dirt track side of things, I guess, kind <clears> of. <throat> yes, the down dirt track there, so. thing, it is kind of winding down, and of course we have got the USMTS run coming through again. Uh, towards the end of the month so that'll be fun and exciting too so
1: so did you guys talk much uh, i didn't wasn't able to tune in last weekend but did you just talk much about the the mustang the the drag car
0: no we didn't talk about that because we kind of we didn't know what happened last week oh okay gotcha we, we went out last friday and uh so if you haven't seen it uh hunt for horsepower on our on our youtube page and we we're doing different episodes we basically took a brand new 21 mustang and we took it from uh Bone stock and took it out to the drag strip and saw what it would run. And then we started adding parts and pieces to it and uh, showed you how much more quicker it got in the quarter mile and uh, what it cost you to do that and the dollars and parts and labor and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that's why we're over BG, kind of tuning a little bit more. And so we decided to take it to the track and uh went out there last Friday. And uh, Nick did about a three quarter pass and that thing did a 1001, which was pretty impressive on that part. Yeah. So we geared it back up and uh, took another run at it, and uh, he pulled up to the start line. And I saw a little bit of smoke coming out the exhaust, and I thought, "Oh my, that's condensation." <laughs> condensation. <laughs> were because you convincing you, yourself, or I was trying to? Yeah, I was trying to to uh, convince myself that was all what it was because there is a lot of condensation can yeah. develop with those turbos and the fuels we're running and stuff. And of course, it was pretty cool out too. So that's why I thought, yeah. I it's condensation." It was cool Friday, but it wasn't condensation. We got about eighth mile and the you old know, smoke started blowing out of that old thing pretty hard and and Nick said it that that's about when the oil started hitting the tires and uh we ran a nine eighty four. Um uh, so that the, run. That run still running a nine eighty four. Yeah. But the sixty uh, foot time and the eighth mile time, if you could have had the power all the way through that thing, we'd have went from a 10 second car to an eight second car that quick, we know. Yeah. Just by what those times were and stuff. But again, uh the oil slicking down and all that kind of stuff too, and the uh so, we finally got the motor in this week, and uh, I kind of pushed things through a little bit because I need to know what happened. And uh, so, we'll have a video out coming out what happened there. I don't want to tease everybody here, but we do know what happened to it. We do know what the failed part is. We do know what's happened. So, you need to go to Hunt for, hunt for Horsepower on our YouTube page and follow that YouTube through there. And uh, we're going to do a last shot video uh, Monday morning, Josh, and recapping what happened. I don't want to tell everybody what sure, happened yet because sure. the video's coming. Uh, but, uh, it's exactly what I thought happened. I yep. knew that's what happened when we, uh, when it what, went, What it happened, uh, yeah. I was hoping it was something different in that part. So, uh, we've, uh, got a new plan of attack for the Mustang and now we kind of know where the weak point was. And we really, I don't know if you call it a weak point. Cause we really, we know what failed. We know where that's at. I guess you have to say that is the weak point, but we can talk, we're going to talk more about that in the video of what happened to that m- motor. Uh, But we got another motor on order. I'm glad you didn't order what we thought we should have ordered. Previous, yeah. Because now we're going to go a different route on the car we okay. decided because we started looking at dollars and cents and what makes sense and what's going to be good for viewers to watch and all that kind of stuff too. So stay tuned for the hunt for horsepower at Mel Hamilton Ford racing and on the 21 Mustang, I think there's five episodes out there. Now we've got a whole bunch of episodes put together because we got the episode of BG products when we're out there on the dyno. Oh yeah. Then we got the video of us at the drag strip and then we've got, now we're going to have another final up video on Monday that we're going to take and put that all together. And, and so you can see all that stuff out there with that 21 Mustang and, uh, very exciting
1: yeah very exciting be.
0: so anyway james Furman, yep the world outlaw sprint cars were at i-80 last night and then they'll head to lakeside tonight and then next weekend yeah, the world outlaws lakeside. will be at humboldt on the 21st and 81 speedway on the 22nd so we got get a nice little run through here with the world outlaw show so a lot of places to go to see those guys and uh, those those world outlaw guys and those they're pretty serious about it well, they're pretty serious about, it, but they also got some big Cajonas to drive yeah. those cars like they drive them. Yeah. They go flipping around those tracks. It do not take much for them to, to go for a ride
1: to to go right on over. You know that uh, I took a uh, couple of kids through a tour through the the facility, through the dealership here, and then down to Quick Lane yesterday in the warehouse and all that stuff. And yeah, the the Mustang was definitely intriguing uh, from that side. So, oh, so show them the Mustang? Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. a. It was more of a. Um how quick can we get to that <laughs> and talk about that type type deal. And well, you know, I think back to when I was that age. I, I mean that's I can say I know what, what, be what drew, drew me right into this industry, you know. Uh from that side is uh it was yeah. all about uh you know going fast or trying to go faster. Or, uh,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, for sure. And yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I go back and think about What's crazy with me is I remember those the stupid things I did to try to go fast. If I just would have sat back and thought things through a little bit more, whatever, not played and everything else, you know. And uh, then I watched Jake and God dang it, he's doing the same <laughs> exact thing. And I'm back there scratching my head. So, well, I just gonna let it go. You know? So I've I've seen uh people
1: at a drag strip, I've seen them take out the interior out of a car, you oh, know. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Watch okay, I I get it, less weight. But you know, I just uh uh to, to go to, to pull all the interior out of a of a vehicle i'm just not sure what you're going to save or what you're going to gain by well it, the other know? one used to
0: blow me away too is guys would go and cut their air conditioner belt off yeah well you got to understand when it's not it's on, on. It ain't gonna, it's, it's like, hardly in Anything. <laughs> i remember one guy did that and he comes back and he goes you know how stupid that was I cut that belt off, how much it cost me because I cut that belt off, and it really ain't doing nothing, as I said, yeah. no, it really isn't. And then the other one I used to do all the time, too, and I did it, too, but, I mean, or had a different – take the air cleaner and flip it upside down. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it really did anything, but, boy, it sure sounded cool, though, didn't it? Man,
1: I remember uh, – Uh, yeah, it was like a cold air intake or whatever, you know, yeah. from, from that side of things. But I remember <laughs> a, a customer uh, had come in, and, boy, fuel economy, that was – uh-huh. that was his thing yeah. and he had a notebook uh a literally like a spiral binding notebook and had documented down like uh drove from you know oklahoma to uh, yeah to um dallas with air filter removed got twenty twenty one point two 21.2 miles and then here to there uh yeah. with this vehicle and got so many miles but i mean every every little thing was just uh just noted down and he was really concerned about fuel economy and here's my thing with fuel economy if it needs it it needs it you can't argue with it that it should have got better gas or you can but you'll still end up on the side of the road if you don't uh if you don't uh if you don't get fuel so (laughs)
0: Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, the manufacturers go through a lot, but I know there's things also you can do to help yourself with fuel economy and stuff. But I'm going to tell you the best thing that helps me with fuel economy is putting that fuel economy on the dash and seeing where it stays. I mean, it makes me, it makes me get off accelerator, it makes me accelerate easier, uh, all that kind of stuff, and and uh, from that part, uh, so and you know, it's even even pulling that if four, the 450 pulling that too it's it's amazing for me to watch that fuel economy but you know what when you're pulling that down the road, you're not going to get any fuel economy it don't yeah. matter what you're doing
1: yeah so understand that completely i think uh let me call him back cuz i think i just hung up on him <laughs> hung up on him please yeah.
2: leave your message for
1: yeah i uh they patched you through greg i apologize and i Flat hung up on you. So uh if you're if you're listening here, uh I'm gonna try calling you back. How about that?
3: Well dang it, I did it again there.
1: Hello? Greg? yes sir hey it's uh the underhood show i apologize about that i flat hung up on you when she dialed you through so
3: (laughs) no no stress at all (laughs) Uh, it happens sometimes right so what what do we got going on today bud well i called in because you you guys were asking you know what's a factory uh, assembly or manufacturing manufacturing factory that you've ever been in and oh you know forever ago when i was in college um, I actually worked for a janitorial service that serviced some factories, and so I've been in a couple of them that I thought were interesting. Uh, one was an aluminum extrusions plant. Oh, really? That is <laughs> that is some of the messiest, nastiest stuff you'll ever see. Oh, is it really? But Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just, oh, it was, I don't know, it was in Fort Scott, because um, whatever, that's where I was going to school, and anyhow... That was interesting, but the one I really wanted to share about was a Deco um, plant. Um, They made mostly belts there, but they also made hoses. And you know, so if you ever buy a Deco belt, I've I've seen the gal that skives. It's called skiving, where they make them into a V belt. But it's really, it's still well, 25 years ago. That was still a hand deal because you have to turn the belt inside out and put it on this deal that spins it around and then razor blades. Kind of trim off the inside to make it a V belt. That oh, really? So a razor blade
0: trims the V in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they got yep. different. So I thought be in I'm a mold, sure. but it's not yeah. in a mold.
3: No, they they come off actually in like oh, kind of a tube, if I'm if you can imagine, and then they get sliced to the width, and then they go to skiving, and at skiving they get turned inside out, and this razor blade, whatever you, it stretches and starts to rotate it, and she actuates the thing and. Whatever it trims off the V, and then she turns it right side back out again and hangs it up to go somewhere else. It's, yeah, there's still a lot of hand stuff. So, or there was 25 years ago. I'm yeah, you know, but I'm I'm sure if you're still running a V belt, it's similar.
0: Well, that's what I was just getting ready to go to is, you know, the V-belts have kind of went away. Now we're in all the serpentine belts. I kind of wonder how they're kind of made the, you know, those belts got those grooves in them. And so I'm kind of wondering, that's probably done by razor blade too. They probably sliced those grooves in the, in the serpentine belt too. I always just thought it was a mold like a tire. But you right. said this in
3: Fort Scott. I wonder if that plant's still there. You know, I don't know. I haven't gone to Fort Scott in a long time, but, um, you know, the things we do when we're going to school, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I worked, I worked at uh, the Dayco plant. I worked in an aluminum extrusions place. I did. So what
0: that aluminum deal? What was, what was the message? Was they have oils or something?
3: They had to have this, to cut that aluminum, or I, you know, it was just dirty. I mean, it's I don't know. And of course, the only things I cleaned were in the office and then the bathrooms on the floor. But yeah. just walking walking through, it was. I don't know. It was it was dirty everywhere. I didn't clean anything in the factory, but I'd walk. There was a bathroom towards the back, and I'd have to walk back there. It
0: was just a messy place. I'd I'd love to see what that was like too.
3: Where was that at? It's it was also in Fort Scott. It was also Fort Scott. I got you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, they, right. and then they, I, I, you know, the jobs we do. I worked at a uh, for the city of Fort Scott. They were building a a warehouse there, south of town. They were going to build it, and the city agreed to do the the gr- uh groundwork for the industrial complex so we were flattening off one hill and filling in a valley and i drove the water truck water right after high school well yeah that's you know the other guys you know i was in college yeah. so I, I it had like a five horse motor on the back of it and i'd go fill it up out of the hydrant and then scrapers and graders would go top off the hill and come fill it in the valley but i'd have to spray the water and there was a gal there from I don't know some service that was checking compaction levels, and sometimes it was more water, sometimes it was less. But I don't know, just yep. work. It's work, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, thank you. I appreciate the call. I, it's whatever. I, thanks for calling me back because I was like, man, I was going to tell them about working. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, oh man, and saying? and I'll be on that. Oh, I need to. I want to go back to that Daco plant. That, oh, those just little to rubber, see how
1: it changed or whatever over uh, the years, too.
3: Right. Those those little rubber that they trim off, that stuff gets everywhere. Well, I can't imagine anybody goes home and feels clean.
1: And then I was wondering about, you know, waste on that. The, are they able to reuse that or recycle it and put it back in the, the initial stages of that process or not, you know?
3: You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, when I now that I'm on the phone with you guys, I'm thinking of another <laughs> factory I worked at. I worked at IBP. In Emporia beef yeah. processing? Okay. Oh, boy, oh my gosh. Howdy. Oh boy. <laughs> Not for me either. Well, I worked at the very, very end. I loaded semi trucks. Yeah. So yeah. I tell you what, sixty thousand pounds of beef loads a loads of trailer and you load four of those in a night and you don't have to work out. You don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Your workout's yeah, done, right? You're not leaving there and going to the gym is what you're saying. <laughs> you know That's the, exactly
0: right. you know, I race in Dodge City, and as I go down 400 all the way through there, the last where I take my left-hand turn to the, towards the track, I go past that uh, big processing plant there in Dodge City. I mean, that thing's massive, and there's just semis lined up everywhere uh, doing that yep. deal. So I'd about imagine how many, what goes through that big old plant stuff, too. Crazy.
3: Yep. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, hey Greg, thanks yeah, for calling. Call. Appreciate Sorry it.
1: Sorry about much. hanging
0: up on you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Thank you, buddy. have a good day, man. Hey, anyway, Matt West. Good morning, Matt. Uh, what's going on at I eighty? Or I guess maybe you're headed uh, Lakeside now. So uh, I don't know if you or Nick wants to call and give us an update on uh, how your night was at I eighty. Love to hear from you too. So you and Nick, give us a shout. Tell us what's going on, where you're headed, and uh, where Mel Hamilton is headed next. And I guess it's Lakeside. So uh, give us a shout if you want to too. Okay. So anyway, Josh uh we kind of covered a lot of stuff here already this morning yeah, we did. and uh yeah. that was a great call from yeah it was Greg.
1: yeah that uh you know i think just any assembly plan of uh you know there's always uh and then two he was talking about it being 25 years ago i can't
0: imagine how that's changed you know oh, they, 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 i bet it's drastically changed yeah, yeah for sure yeah going to a processing plant Ooh boy howdy no, <laughs> no thank you
1: not sure that'd be uh be what I'd want to do, but uh, before we took the call, we started in on sponsors and talking about sponsors and talking about b g and and oh, all yeah. that, the, that they do for us or you know and the partnership that we have with those guys and <clears throat> i w- I will say just the amount of research and development that they put into these vehicles and uh, just knowing that we're offering a quality product you know, because there is a lot, yeah, you can go to a, to a parts house or a parts store and man, the, just the difference in products that are available to a consumer, but then also the price points at which these products are available. You know, if you get a fuel cleaner or for $1.99, you're, you're not really buying a fuel cleaner. You know, there's just no way. Um, and you know, you had mentioned, uh, about, uh, you know, when, when we were down there and all the testing, uh, that they did on competitors products, you know, and just to make sure that, or, uh, the comparison of their products to other products, um, or what their products, uh, can add to like any motor oil. Uh, you know, if you have a specific motor oil that you want to run and then what the, what the BG additive would you know also be a benefit to put with that oil uh to accent that oil so it's uh and then i think too of all the research and development that they would have to do just for weights of oil for example you know how many different weights of oil there are out there or how many different manufacturers of oil there are out (laughs) there and to make sure that product is uh you know compatible
0: with all that stuff or coolants you know the the number of coolants out there is crazy yeah so uh yeah, that is a great partnership we have with BG, and like you said, I love those uh, issues. You know, things we have with them guys, and uh, uh, just knowing, like you said, it's a good product, and you're not just putting something in your tank that doesn't work. Uh, and the, the, how they prove it is they go put it on the dyno, mm-hmm. and they do the stuff and show that. And then it's it's amazing when they take one of our vehicles and they and uh, do a put it on the dyno, then they go do the services and come back and show you how much better the things performing, how much more Porsche power there, how much more torque there is, and the fuel economy and everything else that goes into that and everything else, too, uh, from that part. So, it looks like we've got Nick coming through, huh?
1: Yeah, we'll get him uh patched through here as well. And so, you know, I talk about assembly plants. The The assembly plant there at BG is pretty impressive, too, that that plant over in El Dorado. I remember doing that. But uh let's go to the phones. Let's talk to <laughs> Nick. Nick, you're on live with Under the Hood. Go ahead.
2: Are you all having fun yet?
1: Loads yeah, every day.
2: Loads. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, So how's everything in I80? I80 was was phenomenal. They had uh the World of Outlaw Sprint Car series. They had
3: 39
2: 410 sprint cars last night. So, um it was one heck of a one heck of a show. Of course, I80 Speedway uh, is closing after this season, so um Last night was the last, uh, the last time that the world of laws will get to race at I 80. Um, I think they've been coming there every year since, uh, like 1995 or something like that. So, uh, um, kind of, uh, kind of sad for the teams and the Kasiski family, but, uh, after the races tonight, I 80 speedway closes indefinitely. Um, definitely been one of the premier places to race in this part of the country but uh yeah uh, it would definitely be sad to see it go but uh um,
0: well, i wish someone to jump in there and buy the thing i think that thing was a little bit closer to us nick we'd better jimmy in there looking at that thing but it's just too far away for us, <laughs> yeah uh to jump I in that bandwagon too but boy it would be nice someone yeah. to step up and and uh do something with that racetrack because kaczynski's have had some good success with it i know they're just tired i think that's part of it, isn't it nick they're just tired
2: yeah, they are, and and uh, you know I had a pretty uh, good conversation with Joe Kozeski last night, and uh, you know I think uh, you know they've been doing it for so long, and uh, he's sixty five now, and he's kind of wanting to slow down and kind of enjoy time with his family, you know, because if it's you know Friday nights they race I eighty, Saturday and Sunday they're somewhere with their late model series, and Monday through Friday they're running their auto parts recycling business, and. You know, I think the the Kisiskis are just kind of ready to slow down and kind of enjoy uh, enjoy time with their family and and uh, you know maybe doing some other things. You know, they've been you know they've been they've been trying to get uh, you know trying to get you know out of running the racetrack for a few years now, but they've been holding out as long as they possibly could because they they don't want it to go away. They've been trying to find an investor or somebody to lease it and trying everything they can to, to keep it a racetrack because it, you know, it just means so much to them and so much to the racing community in Nebraska. But, uh, I think they've just kind of reached a point where they just, uh, they just kind of have to make
0: a decision. Well, maybe what they need to do is give it a year and, uh, hopefully it won't go turn into something else or they sell it to make it into something else, or it doesn't turn into like the track out west of isn't just a bunch of weeds and everybody just destroyed it or whatever. So maybe they give it a break, give it a year, and maybe somebody will come around and then uh, jump on a thing. I wish it was a little closer. I can promise you that. Uh, but yeah, it's too far away yeah, for us true. to do something with that part. But maybe somebody here in the next year, if they can keep the thing maintained and keep it okay, uh, that would still be worthwhile for someone to jump in. You know, I, There's a couple tracks I think in Oklahoma have kind of done. It. They go away for a little bit and then they're back in again and that kind of thing too. So maybe that can be yeah. what happens. I don't know. What needs to happen, let's put it that way, for racing.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, just for the, you know, just for the sake of racing in general, you know, like I said, that's, you know, that's uh, one of our definitely, you know, one of the biggest attended tracks in Nebraska, and they bring the biggest races, and, um, you know, they have the uh, the silver, the silver dollar race. So you know, every summer with the Lucas Oil Eight Model Series for fifty three thousand to win, and the World of Outlaws, and uh, and they
0: pay them in silver dollars too, don't they? Fifty three thousand. Um, they used so. to. Well, oh, I, I, don't, know I don't
2: know. They don't do it anymore. But I know that I know they used to. They used to yeah. pay it out in silver dollars.
1: <laughs> I mean, so pros and cons. If you're gonna give me fifty three thousand dollars, I'll take it in silver dollars. <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs>
0: the worst um, part about that is what it takes to win that 50 yeah That's what well, just yeah spent to get that. <laughs> what, what, you, what you spent to yeah. make that happen for sure so yeah, yeah exactly.
1: and, and you but, guys are yeah. headed to lakeside tonight
2: we are we're headed to lakeside speedway in kansas city tonight uh for uh, the world outlaws again probably expect about the same turnout um should be another great race uh Hoosier was able to stock us up with uh, quite a bit and a variety of inventory for those guys, so we've had you know everything that they've needed and and uh, been able to work with a lot of the teams, getting them geared up on tires, and uh, so had a had a very successful night last night. So uh, hoping for another great night tonight, and uh, then we'll be headed back towards Wichita tomorrow morning. So, so are you in Kansas
0: City yet? Or are you still in Nebraska?
2: So we are in uh, Saint Joseph, Missouri. So we're about
0: uh pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Thirty,
2: uh, thirty miles or so from the from the racetrack. We uh we got out of the um we got out of the racetrack about eleven thirty last night, got here to our hotel about two o'clock this
0: morning. It sounds about what I, time I got to bed last night, about two o'clock.
2: Yep. Yeah. So just, uh, just now getting up and getting around, getting ready to, uh, head across the street to the Starbucks to get a little energy and, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be,
0: off, so. <laughs> we'll be off. And then you're standing the night in Kansas city tonight.
2: Yeah. If you've ever been to lakeside speedway, you know, the, uh, the, uh, exit strategy for getting out of the parking lot is, uh, <laughs> is not fun. It's tough last year. Uh, Last year I uh got in the truck about ten thirty PM and uh exited the parking lot at eleven forty five after the outlaws race. So yeah there's uh there's only there's only one drive in and one drive out and there's a railroad track that goes right across the driveway and a train comes through about every fifteen minutes and puts everything at a screeching halt. So that's uh
0: Yeah. you need to build a bridge over thing, nothing. <laughs>
2: I know it. I know they do. So, yeah. But uh, other than that, Lakeside's an awesome track. It's always a good, uh, it's always a good time when the Outlaws come there. It's it's big and fast, like I eighty, and uh, so always excited to go there and and uh, watch them go around there.
0: All right. Well, that sounds good, Nick. Uh, have fun in, in Lakeside. We got a van loading up, taking more parts back up to Saline. I didn't hear how everything went at Enid last night. Is Enid a two day show?
2: Edith is a two-day show. Um, uh, they had a pretty decent night last night. They've got about uh, 70 cars in the pits. I think they had uh, 16 or 18 A-mods last night. Cole Pruget, Um One in, uh, in his Mullins car by quite the margin, from what I understand. Did he? Um, good. And, uh, and then uh, tonight they've got the uh, Sooner Late Models. Um, and then all the regular support classes again. But uh, Enid's moved their uh race time up to three o'clock today because there's a chance of a chance of rain later on in the evening. So, uh, they're gonna try to get that race in and get it over with. So,
0: well, like I said, we're making another trip to Salina to take some stuff up there. We sold out of some 110 fuel. I wonder, I, uh, I haven't heard anybody had Enid. Do they need anything at Enid? Do we know? Do we need to call and see? Who's, um as
2: far as i know i talked to
0: them this morning they're uh they're good to go they're good so. to go okay fair enough so yeah they're working over in parts right now getting the van ready to head back up to salina we had a good night there last night and stuff too so
2: we had an awesome night there in salina last night so uh, how how did you how did you end up i
0: oh, think i still, maybe
2: missed our text or something
0: uh, well maybe i didn't guess yeah maybe i didn't get it well, i thought i did but who knows uh yeah, we started and I redrew ninth and, you know, that's part of the IMC part of that deal. It just drives me crazy <laughs> to have to go draw a stick to see where you're going to start instead of earn your position and stuff, too. But again, the rules are rules. Yeah. Everybody's got to play by them. You just got to learn how to play the game. And uh, so anyway, it started uh, ninth and uh, within a couple laps, he's in fourth. And then basically it was him and Clay Sellard and uh, Stephen Bowers were the top three. They were kind of run away with it. And then Bowers broke with about three to go. Uh, looked like he broke a right front shock or something. And then and, uh, Clay and. Jake kind of went at it, and Jake just didn't quite have enough, and uh, finished second. And uh, so, end of end of a season, ready to start next one. And uh, Jake's uh, kind of a little down and out. He didn't finish the season on a win. He wanted it pretty bad. He was driving his butt off to get up there. Just didn't quite have enough to to get there. But uh, we got second. But you know, it's still been a good year for Team Three J. That's for sure.
2: That that is for sure. It's been a, it's been a great season. So
0: yep. So,
2: okay, fellas. Well, have a great day, and uh, we will see you back in the shop on Monday morning, okay?
0: All right. Have fun and uh, sell a lot of tires, buddy.
2: Uh, we're going to keep unloading them, let me tell you.
0: All right. Sounds good. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Thanks, Dick. Bye, guys. Bye all right uh josh we're kind of running out of time here and uh, been some good calls there and stuff from that yep. part yep. a lot of things happen in the racing world and everything else too but uh, like i said it's kind of winding down for the dirt track but here comes the go kart, and here <laughs> we go and then next thing you know we would be ready for the chili bowl then we're ready for our race open house yeah, open and kick house, this season yep. off again and in a way we'll go from that part too so it's
1: time to time to there was a used to be a sh- show on tv i don't even remember what the heck it was but it was uh Oh, uh, they was oh the trick my truck or they were rebuilt semis for guys and it was uh that guy was always saying tear down <laughs> <laughs>
0: or whatever. Last well, yep. what week Jeremy just texted me, Oh, we gonna be bored for the next four months?" No, no. we're not. I got a, we got a lot of stuff oh, to do rip to it get apart. Ready for, <laughs> uh, To well, basically what we're doing there, Josh, is that car is going to get retired, kind of, but I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to put it exactly. Like it is, I think I'm going to put a new body on it and just have it for a backup car. Cause I wish I'd had a backup car at Boone, you yeah. but then I guess got to figure out how to store it and what to do with it. And then in case I do need it to where it's ready to go and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, that part, but it's been a great car. I can't thank buddy and Tanner Mullins for the awesome race car. That's been, that thing's about, uh, six years old. Crazy. It's been a fantastic car. Like Jake said, he was hate to retire the old girl. I said, yeah, me too, but yeah. Who knows? We might have to bring her back out. You're going to be <laughs> as fast as the old car. You never know. Never so. hurts to have a backup plan. <laughs> never does. That's exactly correct. So. Hey, everybody, uh, it's been a great show. Uh, can't thank everybody for watching, listening, all the great comments, everything else in that part, and love to talk to you each and every Saturday. And uh, one more time, we got to go back through these BG products, yep. all the great branding maintenance products we have with those guys, the great partnership with those guys. I and mean, I promise you, when you do a BG service with us, you're getting something that's great and helping your car live a, a lot longer. Big Corner Creative, all your advertising needs, uh, anything to help advertise your company. As they say, just Google us, and then when you Google them, you'll find out all the things they do from – Helping your business grow, web page design. He's got a great group of guys that are doing web page design. Then we've got some designers doing all the wraps. And all the big trucks and all the things, and we got a 50-foot trailer coming in this week yep. uh, to wrap up. And so i will be in the warehouse for a little bit I have to pull some of the parts trailers out or something. Josh to give them room to work on that. We've got to build a building for Bitcoin Creative. All the things they got going on, all the big trucks they got going on too. So hey, and Go To Rent. Hey, we're trying to work that inventory up a little bit better for standing with a Go To Rent. If you're needing some vehicles for the holiday weekend, I would suggest get your reservation in early because we're still down about half that fleet over there. Uh, so he's got the 10 and 12 and 15 passenger vans for you. And uh, if you need something to get the grandma house you better grab it soon uh, to make sure you're taken care of everybody have a great saturday we'll talk to you next saturday